Welcome to Admin Unboxed. We are a show that encourages you to think beyond the boundaries of traditional stereotypes surrounding the administrative profession. Did you know that there's 160 different job titles in our profession? Holy moly guacamole. That is a lot of job titles. So our show is about having guests on where we'll unpack the prickly stuff, share industry updates, we'll document, we'll review, we'll show off the admin profession's incredible diversity, talent and opportunities. It's a show full of honest, open conversations. Lots of cheerleading, lots of joy. Thanks for joining us and let's get tucked into the show. Hey, EK. Hi, Mel. How are you? I'm really good. I'm so excited to be back after the last couple of weeks of hecticness um, up in Sydney with the admin awards and live conferences and um, book tours and things like that. So yeah, how are you traveling? Yeah, it's been a whirlwind, hasn't it? And I think it's been a really great space for the admin profession with so much going on. Um, It's been a really good showcase of everything. But um, yeah, very busy, AGM tomorrow. So that's a very busy and board meetings for me. Um, so that's a busy time. But thank goodness we having gone through this quite a few times. It's it's quite good, even though it's a new company, it's quite good to rely on what we've done before to keep oh, it nice. Um, you're a seasoned professional, so I'm sure yeah. it will all run smoothly. Um, and I think um, yeah, I, I sort of took a week off to do the travel to Sydney and do the admin bits and all that kind of stuff, and then spent a few days back in Adelaide interviewing and, um, you know, hosting networking events and things like that. So I'm, I'm sort of wrapping, slowly wrapping up for the, the end of the year as well, which is awesome because I think we all definitely deserve a break. And it's been a, ma- it's been a massive year for me, you know, work-wise and we've had the referendum and just, you know, even with the podcast. So um, we've definitely decided today is our last one for the year. Yep. which is awesome, hence our lovely uh, festive backgrounds. Um, and then we will, you know, start off the new year um, bigger and better. And um, But, yeah, first of all, we've got, I'll let you introduce Michael. Okay, thank you. We've got um, Michael Poulos with us today. I'm very excited about um, Michael. We actually met probably two or three years ago on an online EA networking event during COVID and we were doing um, drag bingo. So that was a bit of fun, something different. And we actually had the opportunity to meet in person for the first time only about a month or so ago. So it was really great to make that connection. And um, Michael was actually hosting a roundtable of his own work and that's what I loved about the business is that they're really behind his professional development and him being able to network and, and meet other um, admin professionals. So we might bring Michael in um, and introduce him. Hello. Hi, everyone. Hi, UK. Hi, Mel. How are you? Good. What day is it? Tuesday. <laughs> it, it, is, it was a busy Tuesday, but thank you for having me on the pod, as they say. Thank you. I love it. Well, I thought it'd be a great way for you. Um, you've had a really interesting, interesting journey. Um, in your career um, and, you know, starting professional services or actually in the arts and back in and out of the arts in different areas there and now you're in consulting. So it'd be really great for our listeners to hear a bit about your journey and results. Yeah, sure. So it, my kind of career trajectory 
I don't think is very traditional. I started off, I grew up in Brisbane and I studied at the Queensland Conservatorium of Music and I studied music theatre and performing, um, which was probably the most lucrative decision I've ever made in my life. I made stacks of money from performing. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> but from there, I moved down to Sydney. Um, I got an agent and I got a job at um, a professional services consulting engineering firm called WSP. And I just started in general office admin um, and facilities maintenance um, and in that kind of sphere. And I worked in that role for maybe 18 months, two years before the, uh, the CMO at the time, Kate Volkov, who I adored working with, um, she poached me to be her team administrator in the marketing team. And I worked for that role for maybe four or five months. And then Kate kind of pulled me into a room one day and said, so the CEO said that I need an EA. Do you want to be my EA? And I said, Yes, absolutely. And then I ran back to my desk and I Googled what is an EA and kind of <laughs> figured it out as I went along. I love um, it. Yeah, literally that. Um, it, it, was, it was a really kind of trial by fire um, becoming an EA with Kate. And, you know, we worked really well together. And I was really lucky enough to have um, my mentor at the time, Tatiana Williams. She was the EA to the CEO of WSP. Um, she's now at uh, AMP supporting Alexis George, the CEO. Um, but she taught me really the value that an EA can bring, you know, that strategic business partnership, really able to partner with your executive, understand them, be it, you know, a step ahead of them, understand their priorities. You know, you know, as seasoned admin professionals, you know what it's like. Um, but Kate left the business after a while and I went through a couple of CMOs um, and I ended up working with Mel Gunsmith, who I'm still very good friends with. She messaged me today because she knew I was going to be on the pod. Um, so shout out to Mel. Um, and then after working with Mel for a while, I'd been at WSP for maybe five years and I thought, you know, I need to try something different. I need to go and diversify my career. So there was an opening at the Art Gallery of New South Wales um, where I then ended up working and supporting the Director of Public Engagement. So I worked there for two and a half years and it was kind of under the same lens. So that marketing audience lens just transferred to kind of that B2C idea, obviously at the Art Gallery of New South Wales where welcoming in visitors and, and everyone that's visiting the gallery. So it was a huge portfolio that my executive was managing at the time. She had marketing, comms, PR, digital, um, the learning and the public programming, um, the, the whole creative studio. So it was a massive portfolio that she managed. And then after working at the gallery for two and a half years, I was headhunted by We Are Unity um and i have been here now four months and it's it's a fantastic business it's it's professional services and consulting but we're essentially a business transformation and creative agency and we go into companies and we help them define and realize their purpose and their vision and their values and and we improve their culture and business performance which then makes businesses more money and it's kind of something that i was really kind of passionate about improving ways of working and efficiencies and, and improving culture and then for it all to converge into a role in a cool business supporting two great people it was kind of a dream so i'm, I'm really enjoying working here and that's where i am now great and i think um you know a couple of things i picked up from what you're saying there it's really lovely that you went into somewhere like the art gallery where that kind of is your interest area yeah. where you study, but also bringing in the EA um, skill, yeah. a great marriage of two things you love. Uh, it's, that's, I think one of the really great things about being an EA, it's such a transferable role, and it's probably one of 
the maybe there are maybe I'm just thinking EA mind right now, but it's one of the few roles in, in business and life that are so transferable between sectors, between industries, between verticals, um, and to be able to then absorb working at WSP in that marketing lens and then bring that marketing lens, like you say, EK, and then having that arts experience and combining the two. That was really cool working in, in that space. And I met some wonderful people and it's a great, it was a good place to work. I really enjoyed it. And I mean, you know, we talked a little bit too about, um, again, I think some of the EA skills are very unique in that you onboarded during COVID there. And I think we're very adaptable as yeah. support staff um, and admin staff. But I guess what are some of the, the key skills you learn at front of in front of these today that have yeah. really helped in your role? Yeah, great question. I think, I, like most people, I've worked in front of house, I've worked in hospitality, I worked in retail, I worked in a theatre at the Judith Wright Centre of Contemporary Arts in, in Brisbane for a, for a small stint. And obviously the one thing that you always remember is the custom service. And that now translates to, of course, your customer service to your clients, but also your internal stakeholders, you know, those people that aren't just your direct, maybe, that you're reporting into, um, but their stakeholders as well. And I think it's all of that is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's a big cycle of, you know, you support your executives, you support their direct reports, you support their clients, you build the trust, you get more improved efficiencies and ways of working. And I think just drawing from my years of customer service, that, that was really important. I remember back at the gallery, um, she was EA to the director, but she's now the chief of staff, Michelle Raff, in incredible woman. And I, I could not do what she does. She has the patience of a saint and she is just the most skilled multitasker I've ever met in my entire life. Um, but she used to work in like the high-end hospitality space. And she said, you know, coming into corporate or coming into offices, executives just want exactly the same thing. They just want that hospitality, good level of client experience. And, and it's right. You obviously as someone that has worked, well, all of us really, that have worked in retail or hospitality, you go to a shop, you go to a restaurant, and you've done that job before, so you know what to expect. So that level of service, I think, is really important. Um, I did remember something I was gonna say. Oh, that's right. Working in those front of house roles, the role is really what you make it. So you can, you can work and do those, you know, traditional tasks that you're paid to do in those front of house roles, but if you challenge yourself to get in there and roll up your sleeves and look for, again, new ways to work, new ways, new smarter ways to work, um, to improve what you've got in front of you, to upskill yourself, I think that's really important. And as an EA, I think the more strings that you can add to your bow in, in terms of your capacity or your capabilities in your role, I think the more valuable you can be, not only to your employer or to your bosses or to the executives you support and the businesses, but in your career in general exactly and i think um you know most a lot of people in that profession start and i think it is the best job we can start in because i think you get such a great exposure to a whole business yeah some be quite siloed and being in front of the house you can see how the business works and then when you like you're saying when you work hard pick up things and you transition into a a promotion role or a different role, mm. you've already got your key contacts. You already know how to do the basics really well. And it's a really great foundation role. 
I mean, Mel, you kind of um, worked that way through when you started being at the inside. Definitely. I, when you were talking, Michael, about your career journey, I relate to it so well because I, ca I started as a, a jeweller. I did a trade and apprenticeship as a jeweller mm -hmm. and then hospitality, catering, and then I ended up on reception, same sort of thing for a couple of years. And, yeah, just getting to know just well, those stakeholders, getting to know the in my business there's partners, so getting to know the partners that are coming yeah. in every day to greet clients. Um, one of the things I used to do is just, you know, stalk, Google. As soon as I saw a name come up, I'd, I'd look them up in the internal system or I'd Google them so I knew exactly what they looked like at the time. And that, yeah, like you said, the customer service piece, and that just continues on, yeah, exactly, as you said. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, Mel. And I think as an EA, one of the things that I love is being a jack of all trades, a, a general practitioner of, mm. a, a, what's the phrase, master of, yeah. well, I can't remember it anyway. It's one of EK's favourite sayings. It is, isn't it? I call it, I'm a jill of all trades, master of none. Love that. It's exactly that. You know, you've got a, a toolbox there of experiences and skills that you can draw upon to whatever challenge you face. And, and I'm... So lucky at We Are Unity. So our CEO, Ben Bars, and managing director, Nat Kigilabar, I support both of them. And they really challenge me and they push um, me to upskill myself. And, you know, I just had my three-month um, performance check-in recently and they said, well, what does fulfilment mean to you? You need to keep asking yourself that so that you can show that, you know, you're upskilling yourself and that you're getting value out of working here as well. You know, does fulfilment mean... you? you're creating impact, you're creating or showing tangible value, you're getting the business closer to its to its purpose or, you know, creating cohesion among its leadership. I think just, I'm, I'm, and I'll go on about a bit of We Are Unity drinking the Kool-Aid, but yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's an interesting thing to have um, an admin role that is so valued um, and, and being respected in the way that I am here, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, and I think it's important that we do that because um, that does add to you value added also to feeling included and, and making an addition to the business. It wants you, it wants you to try harder, do better, look for better ways of doing stuff. And you've kind of talked about the different industries. What did you notice the difference? Because you've kind of gone professional services, government, and now consulting. Has there been sort of things you have to change and you've had to adapt your style possibly in what you're doing day to day or managing yeah. up or down or around? Yeah, it, it's very that. I think the thing that I've learned through changing industries and sectors and, and roles and businesses, you kind of have those fundamental EA skills or admin skills that we all have across the board, you know, the diary management, the inbox management, the stakeholder management, invoice processing, looking at ways of working. But then I think to sit back and look at how the system works and to absorb that knowledge from each business that you're going into, I think that is so invaluable. Um, I think the, the three key points are preparation, knowledge, and attitude. You need to prepare. You need to understand the business. Knowledge as well of I've always loved going into the different businesses and actually learning about what they do. What's the delivery model? What's the strategy? How can I play a part in this and and slot into the way it works, but also maybe make it better? And then also attitude. And it's going back to the, the previous question that you had, EK. You know, having someone that has been from a hospitality background or a retail background or a, a customer service facing background, 
I would much prefer to hire or work with people that have the right attitude and maybe not necessarily the experience, but they have the right attitude because you can always train skills. You can't necessarily train attitude. So I think that is so vital going into a new business. Just, just being open to saying, yep, sure, I'll give that a go. Yep, leave it with me. I will figure out a solution and I'll come back to you and I'll let you know how it goes. Um, I think obviously as an EA, you work so closely with your executives and, and I almost liken it to dating. And I'm sure a lot of EAs do because you have to find the right fit and you have to be adaptable. And oftentimes you have to be more adaptable than your executive is because you're there to support them. And it is, it is a two-way system where they train you and you train them a little bit. But I think in order to make them more efficient and to help them do what they're best at, sometimes you have to bend a little bit, a little bit more perhaps. Um, and just being open to how they work and, and receptive to their ways of working and, and what gets the best out of them. And I think I, I always say the joke when I'm recruiting, if someone's worked at McDonald's, I love it. That's one of the key things. Like never not that you worked on McDonald's on your resume. Because no, that actually you know, systems, but yeah. you also have that really great customer service um, built into you as well and drilled into you. So if you worked at McDonald's, put it on your resume. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you're saying that you've been in the role now a couple of months. How are you building, and that's one question we're always, I'm always curious to find out when I talk to other EAs, How? what are you doing that's strategic with your, you know, you brought in that is actually strategic? And yep. then, you know, how are you building that relationship in between months and So I think it's, it's really important coming into a new role. You want to get some runs on the board really quick. Um, and, and I think you're always given a little bit more grace to walk into a business as the new person. Um, but it's also an opportunity to see how things have been done before and put your own spin on it and add value. To it. So I think, like you say, building that trust for me with EA and executive was the most important part. So it, it's almost like providing or, or working on those personal, personal elements in a professional world. Um, for me, I, I am, I have quite high EQ. Like I'm quite emotionally intelligent. I can walk into a room and pick up on how that works or what the vibe in the room is or how my boss likes to work or what he needs in order to get the best out of him. Um, and that was really invaluable in building the trust with both of my executives, really. Um, I, got, I got the sense very early on with Ben and Nat that they like someone who is proactive they like someone that works with pace and they like a fixer. So I took that and just applied, applied it to my role. So I guess what I'm saying is listening and sitting back and, and understanding how they work and what they want, but also reading between the lines and being proactive about it. I know that's, that's a dichotomy. It's very contradictory, but I hope you understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that. There's a little saying that I like to say, um, come to me with the solution, not with the problem. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's about um, seeing the problem and knowing the problems there. But if you can come, even if it's not the overall solution, you're at least going to your CEOs and your your execs and saying, "Well, this is how I would fix it." And that's all they want half the time. That you know, they just want another idea or they want to know that how they want it to go 
you know, someone else is saying yes, that it, it should go that way. So yeah. um, I think it's also about, you know, testing that relationship. How far can you push taking things on yourself? So because I know that, you know, Ben and Nat like someone that can take something and just run with it and they don't have to worry about it, right? So how how much can I do on myself before, on my own rather, before I have to fill you in? How many executive decisions, obviously in a professional way, I'm not signing off million dollars worth of checks, but how much can I, how proactive can I be and how kind of, how many executive decisions can I make on behalf of you with the information that I have and the context that I have that's appropriate in order to ensure that you're set up for success or that, you know, uh, you're succeeding in what you're doing or, or the project that I'm working on at the moment. Are there any other um, admin professionals in your business or anyone that you work closely with or it's just you and the CEO pretty much? So it's just me at, at the moment. Um, I think there are plans to expand that down the line. Um, but it's me supporting Ben and Nat, our CEO and MD. I have worked in obviously in other organisations where there are multiple um, admin support people. And it's really interesting kind of the different models that work in different businesses. Um, back at WSP, before I left, it was each director has their own EA, each team has a team assistant. And depending on the size, you have an EA slash team assistant. And I'm sure EK, you know, Dana is, is quite similar to that. After I left, they moved into a centralised business support um, unit. And I can see pros and cons of both. Um, I definitely love to work one-on-one or one-on-two. just to develop that rapport because I like I like being that right-hand person to my person. Um, I find it it's more efficient. I find I get a lot of um, value out of that relationship. Um, and, yeah, that's really important to me. Yeah, definitely um, relationships probably that, that main thing that most EAs, um, you know, want out of their... Mm role is that really good relationship with that person um and so if you're if you know you, if it's just sort of the two or three of you do you get to be involved in a lot of projects then or is your time so busy managing them and, and helping manage the business that you're not able to get into get into projects or you are uh yes it's hectic at the moment because you know we're working really hard up until the end of the year um I, at the moment, yes, so I am involved in some project as well as, you know, the day-to-day running of the business and supporting Ben in that. Um, those extra projects is, is probably why I enjoy being an EA the most, as, as, as well as, you know, the relationship and the strategic work that I do with, with the guys. Um, there, I think there is absolutely a place for, you know, transactional executive, executive assistants and admin professionals. I think that is fantastic. You know, people that manage the diary and the inbox and do expenses and and get everything set up, that's fantastic. I love a little bit extra. I love being involved in projects. I love being brought into meetings and keeping track of strategy and, and being involved in, in, in other roles and type in, sorry, not other roles, other projects within the business. I think it adds an extra string to your bow as an EA. That project management side is super valuable and and you as admin professionals, well, everyone is admin professionals, I'm saying you, but you on listening to this right now, you have those skills. It's just about upskilling, about maybe broadening that scope 
Um, it's just a different way of working. And I think it's so invaluable and it adds such value to the business and to your experience and kind of your marketability and your, you know, your future as an EA. Oh, 100%. And I think, um, you know, I'll ask how you get yourself involved in some of the projects, but some of yeah. the things Mel and I can do, being in a big organisation, especially in professional services, um, which is my main background, you know, we had always new IT systems coming in, new standard operating procedures, yeah. so you could always get yourself on, on a project team as a tester or, or what about. So for a lot of admins, the easiest way you can get into a project so far is being a tester or for a, become a first adopter of a new team yeah. process. Um, but then sometimes you can come into a project, one, leading it down the track once you've got more experience, or two, to help fix a business problem. So, for example, we've got one right now that I had an issue in a meeting with technology. Sorry, my whole environmental rights fell out. Um, and there was a problem. And so to fix that, I'm now on that STECO and that group to help yeah. fix that issue. Um, and I've kind of put myself on it in a nice, polite way, but I'm saying, well, this affects me day to day. So if there's any way I can do this project, it would be really helpful. So, I mean, being in a smaller business, do you think it's easy to get on some projects or how did you get yourself on different, in any of your roles, how have you become involved in projects? Yeah, it's interesting going into projects within big businesses and then small businesses and the, and the difference in how you're brought into that. It's, it's you've just mentioned that and it's kind of sparked something in my head. I've gone from working to, in rather, a 65,000 person global company to a 350 person company. And we are Unity's a boutique agency of about 35 to 40 people. And how you're incorporated into those different ways of working and different projects is, is really interesting. I mean, here at We Are Unity, because we are a boutique agency, and I am involved with so many other stakeholders and the running of, you know, the day-to-day -day operations of the business. And I wear so many different hats within what I do. It's very easy to just say, oh, Michael, come into here. What do you think about this? Let's start a conversation around this. It's quite, it's quite instantaneous, I guess. Looking back at WSP, I mean, I was involved with integrating their new marketing automation software and their CRM. And that was quite a huge thing because we didn't have a CRM at the time and we needed to upgrade our marketing automation technology. But because you're an EA, because you have a finger on so many different pulses and touch points within the business and you're a barometer of the company, essentially, you pick up on what's needing to happen. You hear people having a whinge at, at the coffee machine. You get talking with people and it's almost a situation where you can prod a little deeper if you need to. You can then go ask people they're talking about. You can kind of get the lay of the land and check out who's who in the zoo. And then for me, it, it was just a case of doing that. And then I liken it to, do you remember the movie Minority Report with Tom Cruise? Hmm. Back in like early 2003. And you know, he, he sits back and he has the whole kind of scope, all these images, and then moves things around and like structures it differently. And I think just distilling all of that information that you've been able to kind of pick up in the business and then put something together and then you're like, oh, here's an actual project that I can work on. Like you were saying, no, you go with the solution. Here's what I'm thinking. Let's get by and let's get the project going. So I, I guess the situation is quite similar. I mean, that's essentially project management. Um, but, but I think... 
the dynamic nature of working in a smaller boutique um, firm versus a global company, we have the ability to shift quite quickly or we pick up on new processes and we can instantly implement them. Working back at a global company, the steps that you would have to go through, and EK's nodding like she knows exactly what I'm talking about, but WSP was the same. You know, changing a system, changing a, a supplier or a vendor or even like a CMS system or some software that we use. There are so many different steps to go through. Um, it's just a different way of working, I guess. Definitely. Um, and what, what you said with, um, you know, systems changes and that kind of thing, bigger global, um, it's those things that you should get involved in because that's what's that is what presents itself and it's and we're we're the first we're almost the first responders when it comes to systems yeah. change um new software that kind of stuff so if we can put our hand up and go i want to test this i want to be the guinea pig it it makes it easier down the track when you know your execs are saying how am i meant to do this and you've already had six months of using the system uh, and it just makes life so much easier. So even though you might not have those smaller, um, probably more exciting projects to work on because your business isn't so small, there's still, even in a, in a global um, company, I think it's just op looking for those opportunities. You're right. You're right, Mel. I think that, that line about being the first responder, you're, you're absolutely correct. You're the first per people that have to use that product. So any kind of step you can get in there early to be ahead of that game is super beneficial. And I also think being involved in that project, again, what I was going, going back to what I was talking about before and upskilling yourself, seeing how that kind of implementation process is, is, is being driven, being exposed to that just, again, adds another string to your bow. It, it exposes you to the way that they're working with that project and also unlocking the why and the importance mm. of that. So then you can then unlock that for other people and explain and, you know, give context around that. Oh, that's so true, the why, definitely. I think I heard that a few times from Lucy um, over the last, Lucy Brazier over the last couple of yes. weeks. Um, yeah, it's yeah. not who, what, when, how, it's the why. And, um, and I think the why is on so many different levels. You know, why are we using this? Why is our exec? you know, wanting to do something particular or, you know, so mm. why is definitely a, a the, question. The one, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, I, I'm working with Ben at the moment on unlocking the why and the way that we work so that I can then extract all that knowledge from him and then can do some things on his behalf as well. And I think that is a kind of um, an unlock that makes the work that you do really strategic. Mm. That's right. Have you have you read that Simon Sinek book? Why? No. Very good book to read because he talks about um, businesses. It's a, he's got a book out. It's fantastic. I can never give it to you. Um, but it talks about from the outside explaining the why of your business to customers. Mm. But even so, you can use it as an everyday application. Of yeah, that And amazing. I think chatting about being on projects, it also gives you great exposure to other people in the business you may not get to interact with, but also to it teaches you how to work on a committee. Mm -hmm. stick on. Um, and that's a really good skill because you're seeing the people that actively participate, the people that sit back, you can learn a bit more like you're talking about it in social skills of how it works yeah. um, and the dynamics of that. And that's a really good skill when you get up to sort of, you know, where we all sit. So I'll sit in an ELT meeting 
and mm. I can read through what you're talking about because I've sat in a lot of project. That's how I learned in project team meetings. Yeah. How sort of room reads. So there's some really great skills that you can learn from projects, and it really does help you go from that transactional world to that strategic world. So, yeah, you're so right. How do you think we attract more males into our it's a great question, and I wish I knew more about how to do it and, and could offer more insight. Um, I'm, I'm a huge advocate, obviously, for diversity in the workplace, um, and that not only extends to gender diversity, but, you know, sexual orientation, and neurodivergence, um, but also diverse ways of working and, like, creating a melting pot of people that you work with. I think we, work, we all work in companies that provide a service or benefit the community, but we want that company to reflect the communities in which we work, we live and we play. And I think that's super important because how can you then be a representative of that community that you're serving if that's not reflected in here? You know, the, the old adage, you can be the change that you see. And I think that's really important. Um, it's an interesting one. And, you know, I haven't encountered many uh, guy EAs in my career, maybe like one or two. Um, and it's somewhat, there's somewhat of a, a stigma around that. And I find that really interesting because I love what I do. It's great. Um, and I was thinking about this today and having a chat with one of my, my colleagues. And I was saying as a senior EA, you know, you support uh, a CEO or a chairperson. And that's kind of, it's the top. You're at the top of the top. And you can grow by business size or, you know, revenue or, you know, things like that. But I think by opening the ceiling to more senior job opportunities and pay packets, I think that may entice other people and a more diverse cohort into the profession. Um, I think with that, removing the stigma around gender roles in the workplace, is, it was really interesting. We were at our um, whole of agency Monday morning meeting. So we just have a everyone in the agency gets together at 10 o'clock on a Monday and we talk about what worked last week, um, what we got up this week, and then we recognise people in the agency. Um, and one of my colleagues, Joel, who's an organisational psychologist, he was working with um, Nicola, who is a senior strategic advisor at We Are Unity, um, and she was working on a slide deck for something for a client, and uh, he said, okay, hang on, stop. Why are you working on the slide deck? And she said, what? What? What are, you, what are you talking about? And and he said, okay, let's just check this for a, for a second. He said that research, uh, there's research to say that women are more likely to do administrative tasks, someone that's, you know, there's a glass in this meeting room, I'm going to go and pick it up. And everyone was like, oh, that's really interesting. And Nicola said, yeah, that is interesting. Interesting, You know, I wasn't, I wasn't doing the slide deck because I was a woman. I was doing the slide deck because I'm amazing at positioning and, you know, messaging. But I think that was a really kind of salient point that he brought to the table. Challenging those roles in meetings and who was doing what, I think that could be quite beneficial into to rather broadening the scope of who is seen as an admin professional or who's coming into the industry. Well, I suppose that's a really good point. You've come from a reception role and I've come from a reception role and we had two males on our reception desk with us and neither of them went in an EA direction. One went HR and I'm not sure which direction the other one went, but maybe that's where it starts. It's not about 
I suppose it's in anything, it's all about education and where you're coming up from and that kind of thing. So maybe it's around, more around the reception role and where we all kind of start and having, I don't know, advocating for more males in in on those sorts of in those sorts of roles. So, um, and I think also, you know, again, I've, I've harped on about it today a lot, but having a company that you work for. We are unity. Is it for me? Where I'm, I'm very lucky that they're a big advocate for me in growing my career and choosing what I want to do, and they are willing to take me where I want to go, which is fantastic. So I think there's also an element of the company respecting and supporting growth within the admin space because prior to kind of working here, I'd never, I'd always been offered the option to move sideways. You can move into maybe a marketing advisor role or a comms specialist role. And I kind of, like what I was saying before, I like being a jack of all trades. I like having a toolbox and, and doing lots of different things. I don't want to really specialize yet at that point, um, but really having succession planning and career planning for admin professionals. Um, I, I mean, EK, when you came out the other week to our agency, we were talking about you know that matrix you, you, you mentioned about trying to fit the right people within the right roles. Is it, you know, Maybe they come in as an EA, but maybe they're not suited to actually working with that person or the roles and responsibilities that an EA has in that company. Maybe you're better seen as a team administrator or your skills more aligned with being a team administrator. And I think that is such a valuable kind of um, tool that you were talking about to, to kind of put people where they're working the, the best for them and the best for the company. And I think um, we're talking about the skills and matrix of things, because how good it is and how good it is and how good it is and how And I think one of the things I just picked up before about the, the unconscious bias that goes on in the business, um, you know, your businesses, you can always get that advice. Or things, one of the businesses I worked in, we were on the steer co, mm. and I was there as a steer co member, not the admin of that steer co. So I said to my boss, would it be okay if we suggest that um, everyone has a turn of taking minutes? It's not my job because I want to be here as a person, not yeah. as a person. And he said, yep, yeah, that would be great. So, you know, everybody had a turn during the minutes. So sometimes setting those um, boundaries up some from the start can really help with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, Michael, it has been absolutely fantastic having you on here today. We've really, really enjoyed you being here. Um, and to hear your journey and some of the roles you've had and being involved in projects. So um, really great to see you out in the consulting space. And um, Michael's based in Sydney, so um, feel free to reach out to him. Um, he's on LinkedIn and he's always wanting to meet new people in the industry and I'm glad we finally got to meet in person. So um, thanks for joining us. And um, Mel has just dropped off for a second, but she'll be back on in a second. But um, thank you, Michael. Anytime, EK. And so wonderful having been here and being able to talk to you about all things admin professionals. All right. Thanks, Michael. See ya. See you. Great. Well, um, as Mel said, this is our last show. And we thought a great way to round out the year would probably be talk quickly, and I've got to jump back because my boss is calling me, um, some things we've learnt through the year, whether it's sort of our careers or doing the podcast or anything like that. Um, Mel, what have you learnt? Um, well, I wrote a whole list actually, um, but the first thing that I wanted to say was that I found a renewed passion for my career. I've also um, 
realise how much I respect this profession and how many people out there respect it also and that um, advocate, advocacy comes from the inside out. So, you know, if we don't advocate for our roles and our profession, then no one else is going to. Um, I've also found confidence. Um, you know, we've, we've been doing this show, you know, we've done about 15 shows now. Um, we've had over, I started counting them today, over like 20 guests, um, some amazing topics, you know, AI and um, uh, EAs in education, mental wellness, um, admin awards and all of these different things. And, and I've had exposure to some amazing people that I don't think I would have been able to have before. So, yeah, I've, you know, this year has been, professionally has been awesome. Doing the podcast has been awesome. Um, you know, doing with you, EK, your knowledge and the things that you bring to the table is just amazing. And I've learned a lot from you and, you know, in our chats offline, but it, but mainly from our chats on Admin Unbox. So, yeah, I've, it's just been a great year. So, yeah, and, and you, you're never too experienced to learn more. I am. Funny thing is, I wrote my list and it's nearly everything you've said. How funny <laughs> um, <laughs> for me, I think one of the things I really learned this year that um, I love change. I'm definitely, I love coming in and changing things up and looking how you can change things, but also to change in the business sometimes. I, I'm really good at adapting it to it, but sometimes it can get tiring and I learned that and it's actually okay to say I'm tired from change sometimes. Um, so I learned that. And then, um, but I also, we've all got to make sure that we've got mechanisms in place um, to look after your wellbeing. And I think that's really come through in our um, podcast we had on wellbeing. It was really informative and it was a different take on wellbeing. So I found that to be a really informative podcast. Um, we've learned about a lot about chat GPT, chat GPT this year, which is great. Um, and that's been a big learning curve, I think, for a lot of ad admin professionals. And I think, as Lucy said last week, you're not going to be replaced by AI. You're going to be replaced by a person that uses AI. So I think that's a really big um, area that in our profession we're going to go forward on. Um, pushing my limits, like you said, I would have never done this podcast had I not been asked to do it or thought about it. And um, it's very much out of my comfort zone, but it has given me a lot more confidence um, and probably helps me when I go into a room now and talk to people a little bit more. Um, amazing guests, but um, again, like you were talking about, it's been fantastic to see that other people are very passionate about our careers. And when I go to events and I find out someone's an EA, I just want to pick their brains um, and find out what they're doing. And it's great to see so many other people are like me, I'm not alone. But meeting you has been probably the heart of my year. Um, it's been really great to hear about your journey and learning um, together. It's been a really great team effort um, and I think for me I'm really excited about And, you know, we've had some podcasts we've felt better and we did better and others, you know, oh, we've done that better and that's that self-reflection. Um, so it's a great way to end the year and I'm looking forward to what we do next year. Well, it's been, been a pleasure, EK. And I think we've gotten a lot better over the year. Let's see, okay. But everybody keeps safe over the holidays and that's things like getting up on ladders or 
um, you know, being in different areas and things like that. So take care of yourself, take care of your families and take care of your well-being and we will see you in the new year. See you, AK. Bye. Bye, everyone. Wow, what a great show today. Thank you to our guests for joining us. And to stay connected with us, please head across to Instagram, follow us at admin unboxed. And if you have any comments or questions, please DM us. We'd love to hear from you. And if you want to join the show, please also let us know because we want to hear your story and your journey and also the expertise that you have in your administrative job here in Australia. Until next time, be amazing, be beautiful and see you guys soon.